Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Aspire and Inquire. Today, as always, we have another amazing guest on the show. Today, we have Daniel and his wife, Trudy Regan. Uh, Mr. Regan, how are you? Fine. Great. Very, very excited to have you on the show. There, we had a great conversation before starting, uh, so I can't wait to uh, hear everything you have to say. I'm looking forward. Go ahead. Wonderful. So I'll give a brief introduction about you. You, um, you started a, the Daniel and Trudy Regan Foundation over 30 years ago. Uh, you have an amazing uh, three-day artists and mannequins coming out gala that's going to take place in, in New City, New York, um, in the late early spring, early September of 2021, depending on COVID, of course. But uh, so I'm really excited to speak with you about uh, your foundation, all your, your career before your foundation. And um, yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. And I just want to give a shout out to Mike Corso. Thank you so much for getting us in touch. Uh, this, this is a great opportunity. So uh, Mr. Regan, please tell me about your career as a developer prior to starting your foundation. I'd love to hear about it. Well, we started off in the Bronx, oh, many, many years ago. And we always have been attached, our company of Daniel Regan Associates, uh, to doing affordable housing and housing with good causes, homeless housing, housing for AIDS and things like that. And now my sons that have taken over the business are doing uh, MS housing, the first MS housing in the country. And we built our, 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 our company from a neophyte company in the Bronx, expanding into Westchester County. And we used to buy, renovate, and resell housing to people that needed affordable housing. We then transcribed into bigger and bigger developments where we did large developments like the downtown area of Patterson, New Jersey. We did schools, factories, and other reuse developments. And it blossomed into a good-sized company where we did over 80 developments all over the East. And then my sons wanted to come into the business. And we didn't want it to ruin any family relations. So we, one son came in after, everybody's a lawyer in our family except Trudy, and she's the smartest person of the group. She's an educator. Mm. And none of us, my, both sons and myself, never practiced. We went directly into construction. My younger son, Ken, who attended Fordham Law School and wrote three books with the dean of Fordham Law School, got very upset with me, the dean, of why you're taking somebody into the real estate business when he could be a judge on the highest level. That was his mentality. And I said to him, with my son, Ken, he makes his own world. And he wanted to come into the housing business. And he's done a manual for MS housing. He has a slight case of MS. And anybody who wants to build multiple sclerosis housing, which we did the first one in New Jersey, and we've done about five projects since then, he will fly anywhere. And he did a manual and teach the developer how to do MS housing. So our family has always been dedicated to doing social need housing. 
And now during the crisis that's now on, they are rated as emergency housing because housing is, affordable housing has always led the market back in the economy. And with people being dispossessed and foreclosed and put out of, they need cheaper rents. And the boys have developed formulas and the confidence of the different governor, like Governor Como, recommends them a lot. Why? Because they're clean, no scandal, and they produce, they aid nonprofit organizations. Governor Murphy in New Jersey does the same thing, the governor of Connecticut. So they've expanded into about a five network thing. And I'm out of it. I just once in a while will step in a little advice and something like that, but they're twice as good as me. We've entered the art world after I retired about 30 years ago and done art projects all over the world and museums and everything like that. We did the lead piece in the local JCC in Rockland about the Holocaust and stuff like that and have become advisor to a lot of the contemporary artists like Jim Rosenquist and Bob Rauschenberg and Siegel. When I did the uh, artists housing in Patterson, New Jersey, in the Great Falls area. I think there are 192 units specialized with artists that were being chased out of New York with higher rents. They were all on my board to help sponsor to get the first war, first subsidy, and we finished it on the desk of President Reagan. Wow! And he, we, every politician, uh, congressmen, senators. Uh, Mrs. Mondale was helped us. And when we came to the White House, Reagan said to me, you got the same name as me, Reagan, but I'll give you the last $47 million. Get everybody off my back. It's a great project. And now 192 artists now live in Patterson, New Jersey with subsidized rents. That's incredible. And, uh, we've had a good run. But I knew when enough was enough when it was affecting my health. So I retired and my wife, who was a teacher of art, did a, a program that went into the schools called Living Art Seminars and taught in the tri-state area art appreciation and took the students to the museums as a finality. So we've had a good run and now we're in our 80s slowing down and when this crisis started, I said to myself, what are the artists doing locked in their studios? And what will be the result of what they're doing? So somebody pointed out that the, the project, there were some bankrupt companies uh, in, in the tri-state area that had mannequins. So I went over to Models that was going into bankruptcy and I became friendly and learned that they had these liquidators. And I bought 24 mannequins from them and dragged them back. And I said, I got to get these to the artists to show what they're doing while locked in their studios. And it was incredible the results that we're getting back. All walks of life, some complete novices, never painted before, never dressed a mannequin. Some of them very famous artists 
I have one, Broadway is closed now with the shows because, and we have this Broadway designer that's been doing about five or six mannequins for us and all the designs. And if you look at, I'll try and turn the computer. Can you see that? Could you, could yeah, you back up a little bit and we can see the entire mannequin? That's a half a mannequin. And we did that, we, we, we had a boat donated to us and, and we're doing Gilbert and Sullivan, Sail the Ocean Blue and Saucy Ships of Beauty. And they're coming out with these artists in all ways. We either deliver mannequins to them or pick them up the mannequins. Leading artists, uh, leading sculptors doing one with LED lights. Mm. It's a group of uh, four artists up in Connecticut. And they're doing, they came from the Bronx Graffiti Group. And they're doing four and they did more. Than, and then they, they're coming out really great. The greatest thrill I'm having is meeting all these new artists, finding out what they're doing and how we can help them to succeed. And it's, so it's a great joy to Trudy and I in meeting them and delivering them and picking them up and watching with the virus, with the masks and the spacing and everything like that. And we then are going to have a large art gala on our property and put the mannequins all around the property with each artist telling what they did and how they did it and why they did it. Mm. And as a result of that, people finding out, like we have the Capri Cosmetic School was going to do the history of wigs mm. on, on mannequin heads from the cavemen right to Jacqueline Kennedy, right up to the modern urban designs. And they were all thrilled to do it. Some of the artists are retired dancers from Merce Cunningham. They're gonna do a modern dance performance. There's one that wanna use our swimming pool to do synchronized swimming. There's the leading karate of the top 10 in the world is gonna do a demonstration. So we're going to have lectures every couple of hours of all these different people and different events. There's two musical bands that, were, that volunteered to play music. We have the Magic Society, my friend Magic Marty. Uh, he's one of the leading magicians in the world and he's gonna do magic shows. And so it should be a real, real guess, a lot of fun. And I hope people enjoy it whenever we have shows. We had a show two years ago, we had 600 people come over huh? because of all the work. We always allow novice artists to, to participate. And Trudy showed her collages and I showed some of our mannequins. I'll ship you a DVD on that they did of that performance. And it really was great. People got exposure. We always got classes and children coming in and we try and get them started to uh, on new things. So whenever I see somebody interested in the art, we then try and transfer our spirit and imagination to them to help them get confidence to do what they want to do in the world. But I'm talking too much, now you talk. Oh, no, but I, it's just amazing. Your, your foundation is doing unbelievable things. Your, your developing company, is also doing amazing things and it's it it shows what you can really do when you bring a bunch of different people from different backgrounds together to create something really special and 
I think that's what you're doing with this gala that I hope I can help promote in any way, shape or form, because hopefully by the time COVID is all gone and done with, hopefully next spring, early summer, uh, this, this event can be incredible. And so what, what's the overall, uh, the goal of the, the, this gala? Is it to raise money for another cause? Is it just uh, to help the what they were doing? Right. We try not to have anything to do with commercial. Sure. We don't sell our paintings. We don't sell, we give them. Sure. Uh, we gave uh, the jewelry to any charity that wanted to raise money to do their good. Right. Like the, the, the uh, orphanage in Tibet went from 92 to 192 mm -hmm. uh, orphans. They opened two bakeries right under the eyes of the Chinese communists in Tibet. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that we help sponsor. Sure. There's no ulterior goal. There's no commercial goal. All we want to do is go down in a blaze of glory of doing a lot of good for artists and people in the world. That's amazing. And I, I wish there were more people out there that had that same motive in just trying to help people who have less. If more people had this this motive, this world would be a much better place. You know, when we saw the, um, uh, the uh, mannequins, people said, you know what you're doing? I said, well, I think I know what I'm doing, I hope. And he said, you're taking the bankrupt company like Models or Lord and & Taylor, and you're taking the dead mannequins and bringing them to life mm -hmm. through the eyes and hands and, and of, of, of all these artists. Right. And that's, I think, a real great statement. And that's what we're trying to do. When we had 30 mannequins, they said, well, what are you going to do with them? I said, I don't know. And then somebody came, came to our house, recommended by Mike Corso. And he said, you know, we're doing a whole nonprofit art park. I said, great. Well, we can examine, the, we'll exhibit the mannequins. The museums have come forward, the small museums that need don't have the budget for these blockbuster shows, we're gonna let them take the mannequins and show them and then pass them on. We did, a, we did an exhibit of children's museums years ago of seeing nature through our special eyes. And we love the West. We took pictures of rock formations that look like different people and animals and everything. And we had an exhibit uh, my wife did a, a whole scavenger hunt of a booklet and the kids from Maine to Florida, we shipped the exhibit down to it, or Children's Museums in Washington, D.C. and Baltimore and the Carolinas. And the kids got a great thrill out of it. And we got a great thrill of opening these children's eyes to nature. That's the things we want to accomplish. That's amazing. You, you've done so many amazing deeds, I guess you could phrase it as. Is there one, um, one event or one thing that you've sponsored, one thing that you've done overall that has been the most special, the most impactful in your eyes? Is there anything that comes to mind? Yes. The next one. Okay. I like that answer. The next one we're going to do is going to be our best and creative People's study of how to do creativity. Hmm. We did a uh, big stained glass piece, which I hope to donate to the American wing of the Museum of Modern, Museum of uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art. 
to show what these artists would be doing if they would be alive today. So we're doing museum exhibits now that talk to you. You see these buses come through and when we go to the museums, which Trudy and I live in museums per, a couple of, uh, every week, we see the children being bought, being bored. Mm. They watch exhibits. You know, the average person seeing an exhibit in a museum knows before individual painting never spends between four to nine seconds. So I said to myself, how could we slow them down so they could learn what the artist had in mind? So we did natural light, sound, and motion. I did three of them so far and donating them free to 7,200 small museums through the, through the uh, Eastern Seaboard. And we show them so the children coming from urban areas or children of all ages, senior citizens, they'll stop and they'll press a button. And for seven to nine minutes, it will tell them what the artist had in mind when he created that painting. So they get a feeling and a thought, not just going from painting to painting to painting. And you ask them, what do you enjoy? And the kids would say, lunch. <laughs> Instead of saying, I like that painting about that stained glass. We did a, an interactive exhibit of taking with the leading quilter of Arizona and the leading blues singer, 72 year old blues singer. And Trudy designed the quilt together with the quilter of this woman, this quilter only sees through the eyes of giraffes. Mm. And we took the concept of giraffes. I wrote a script and I've written 80 children's books and now I'm putting them to music. I'm having fun doing it. And we took this script and handed it to a professional house that does animation, stills, and all that. And they built the most beautiful seven-minute interactive exhibit that we're now donating to museums, telling you how these two giraffes were captured in Africa and made put into slavery. And the story goes on to tell you how they went they're sold into slavery to this bad slave master and they meet this other two slaves that family and they escape to the underground railroad and how the railroad takes them up through that and the only thing they knew when they got to Chicago and, and it's an exciting story where the slave master runs after him and with his hound dogs to, to bring them back to slavery and they land in Chicago and they start a blues band. And yeah. they play blues from New Orleans to Chicago to New York, all over the world. And then at the end, they said, you too can be creative. You too can do just still your mind and creativity will come. And that's when they, these kids from the urban areas sit down and watch a seven minute film and somebody asks them, what'd you get out of it? They'll say they learned about the Underground Railroad. They learned about the giraffes and slavery. They learned about the blues music. That's our intention. No ulterior motive to make money, to sell it. To, they, we donate it to the museums free. So any museum that wants it, we send them a chip. They plug it into their computer and they can give more to the visiting 
children of all ages, senior citizens. Because if you go to a museum, you see an interactive exhibit where it lights up and it talks to you. Today, the children need more. They're on their computers, they're on their cell phones, they're on the, the, and they want more than just looking at a static painting of Picasso. They want to know how Picasso painted it, what his thoughts were, what his intentions were, whether it's women's rights, whether it's the environment, you know. And today, that's what I help our mannequins. And that's why we're doing now a series of people that are being affected by this virus. What's happening to the school teacher? You know, she's a new school teacher and she's wearing her mask and she's got a, a eight month old baby. What are her trepidations about going in, about teaching on the computer, about maybe bringing the virus home to, to her husband, to her baby, to her? We're in such transition today with what's going on, the world has never, never realized what's going on. And we hope history is being written right before our eyes. What's something that most people don't know about running a foundation? Well, a lot of my friends that have made a lot of money run a foundation for tax reasons. Mm. There's no purpose to it. I think a small foundation and we're not financed like Gates or anything. They have a wider perspective of what they want to do and they do a great job. We with our limited resources don't know where to put it. So I think with a foundation, they have to get a purpose, an interest, a desire. And if you get that and you still your mind, like any creation, it'll come about what you want to do and how you want to do it then you must have the perseverance to make it happen. When we started doing mannequins, we started small, one mannequin, two mannequins. Then a woman called me, uh, she's a really a great individual. Uh, she does Zoom courses mm. with the leading art schools. Everybody's trapped at home, so they're taking courses at home. Mm. And at the end of the her art lesson, she's a very talented artist herself and doing a couple of mannequins. She plugs, she said, there's a guy in New City to running a small foundation and any artist that's listening to this Zoom course want to participate. We got five artists. One girl does uh, designing of uh, dungarees with all these ripped dungarees that the kids are wearing all over the world. She's doing mannequins. We got one novice, she came up here, she was nearly shaking. And I said, no, you're a novice, just do what your mind tells you. So nonprofits can go in a direction long as they don't become politically motivated or with an ulterior motive, hide behind it for tax reasons to make money. Just do it. Go in the direction that your mind takes you and do good in this world. Life is too short not to do good for other people. So whenever I meet somebody, my life is an open book. And I try and help them in any which way. I have a fellow uh, that does hypnotism. Mm. He's one of the leading executives in a meatpacking industry and developed a rare blood cancer. Bone cancer was destroying. 
and he traveled all over the United States learning hypnotism. Mm. And he cured his cancers in remission. Um, and now he had to rebuild his economic structure and he's doing uh, pain control. He can control when a woman uh, gives birth that she doesn't have pain when the baby comes out. Mm. So I introduced them into friends of mine in the Hasidic community. They love it. They have babies every year yeah. that's their life. And he teaches them how to have pain-free births. Through hypnosis. Through hypnosis. That it's is wonderful, wonderful. And he's such a sincere guy. If you don't have money, it doesn't bother him. But he makes a living out of it. That is something special. Wow. I have another friend of mine that's a very talented artist. And I've mentored him for, my wife and I have mentored him for over 20 years. And he's a security guard, retired postmaster. Mm -hmm. And he's writing poetry and children's books. So we're taking his poetry and putting him on to our homeless book. Mm. We did a book on homeless. I tracked the homeless for four years in New York, did a book on it, donate the, all of the things, the books to the homeless societies. And he's taking the homeless, and that's what's happening as a result of this virus. The people are being pushed out of their jobs. Mm. They don't have what to eat, certain people. They don't have anywhere to sleep. They're being dispossessed, stuff like that. And we took his poetry and put it next to one of my homeless portraits. And now it tells the story. And now a friend of mine does boxes, talking boxes. So we put the homeless in the box, you press a button, and it will tell what this woman went through when she was dispossessed, wow. had to live in the shelters, and how she has nowhere to turn. And these are the stories that must be told as a result of this virus. Right. My uh, mannequins tell the stories through the artist's eyes. And they said, what do you want me to do? I said, whatever turns you on. There's mm -hmm. mannequins being done like the Gilbert and Sullivan is through a Broadway designer, that's what she knows. Leading sculptures through LED lights have been doing it with silver foil. They're coming out such an enjoyable sight every time somebody calls it and we pick up a mannequin and we put it outside, it's like extended family. Mm -hmm. What are you gonna do with all the mannequins? I said, I don't know. Yeah. If a museum wants to show them, let them show them. A park wants it in their driveways to attract right. more people to your nonprofit. Great. Mm -hmm. Let's have fun in this world. We yeah. got grief going on with all these people dying. My steel man, one of the top steel men in the East, Hasid, called me in Florida and said, I got a bad cold. I said, well, take care of yourself. He does all my sculptures made out of steel in the backyard. His son called me, told me he was on a ventilator and died. Oh. So when it hits home, what do you do? You try and do as much good in this world as you can, as much as your arms will extend to other people. Help people every day of the people you meet, like yourself or anything to increase their ambitions. Then it's up to them to succeed. I don't sleep very much, but 
it all goes through my mind and I wake up and I tell my crew, I said, I got a new idea. He said, another idea? <laughs> yes, another idea to drive my art further, my ambitions further, and to help people in this world. No ulterior motive. That's amazing. Fun. Yeah. Anybody wants to learn to have fun, call me and email me. I'm glad to hear you speak to you and to take you a step further in helping other people in this world. That's amazing. I have one more question for you. What do you think is the biggest misconception in life or in work? It's according to how old you are and what generation you're born into. Mm. Our parents had to earn a dollar to put bread on the table. Our generation is a faster generation where you can make money in certain spots if you know where to look. So our generation has gone a step further. The generation of my grandchildren fascinate me with all the mechanics and the computers and the cell phones and all of the iPods and things like that. Just travel with it. We're only put on this earth for a very short time. And where it'll take us, nobody knows. Mm -hmm. But if you relax and don't just try to make a living, I tell all my people, stop trying to make money from your art. Stop trying to make money from your companies. It'll happen if you're good. Mm. People will see it and you'll travel that road to success very rapidly. In this generation, your, 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 your group and the group after them are most lucky. We don't have to scrape to put bread on our table like our parents did that came over from different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. You have the advantage of college and all of these mechanical things to do it. People don't realize all they got to do is still their mind and it'll come. Mm -hmm. Have faith in yourself. Then have the perseverance to succeed. I tell people they're sleeping too much. Mm. Work harder. Work seven days, eight days a week, 24 hours a day. And don't worry about success. It'll come. It'll come. My sons used to tell them, come over to my house. My mother and father will dip you in confidence. Hmm. Have confidence in yourself. Mm -hmm. Perseverance to strive. People say, well, where do you find these new things like mannequins? There's doors. One door opens, another door closes. The mechanicans are waiting to be had. The artists are waiting for the mannequins. The gailer is waiting for their results. Life's there. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is get in the way. Don't sleep too much. And stay healthy and success will come to you. Amazing. Mr. Regan, what can people do to help you most for the gala? And of course, not for you, but for them. You said artists can reach out to you to actually make some incredible artwork out of the mannequins. Um, what, what else would be most helpful? Well, the organizations are coming to like Capri School is going to run wigs, and that's great to be able to tell the women and the men what the hairdos look like over changing time. Mm. And with art changes from photography to realistic to contemporary to one dot on a canvas, it changes. Mm -hmm. So, anybody that wants to come forward 
and be part of this gala with no ulterior motive, whether it's music, dance, art, creations. Like I'm going to reach out to one of my friends that runs the Playhouse and let him do costumes. Mm. We want to feed the imagination of the people coming. And they come. Yep. Three, four, five hundred come to all of our exhibits. We provide a great buffet. One of my sons and my granddaughter is into desserts. You've got a dessert company out of college. They all donate their services. No ulterior mode. At the beginning, I was starting to pay the artists to paint on his mannequins, thinking they may need some bread for their table. Mm-hmm. Now I got so many artists coming forward, volunteering to get publicity, whatever their ulterior motive is. Our ulterior motive is none. Mm-hmm. Just show them, have fun with them, expose the artists so they can go to a higher level mm-hmm. and, and produce something good for the community and the world. That's amazing. And if anyone wanted to reach out to you about uh, anything participating in the gala, where could they reach you at? They could reach us on, we're uh, available at 845-323-3107 or our email address of d-a-t-r-u-d-a-t-r-u at o-p-t-o-n-l-i-n-e dot net, datru at optonline.net. We're, we're not a big organization. We'll get back to you. You need a mannequin delivered. We got two two dozen coming in from Lord and Taylor. We'll deliver it to you. We've delivered in Connecticut to Boston. I mean to Brooklyn, Manhattan, Chelsea, New Jersey. If we can have my my man drive there, we'll get you a mannequin. If you can pick it up, bring it over here. Don't be afraid if you haven't uh, not a recognized artist. We got an 11-year-old boy drawing. He does these sketches. Mm. And his mother is Judy's speech pathologist. I gave him, I brought a half a mannequin to him. Let him put it on paper. We have a novice. There's a woman that does, puts my stories to music. Her son never painted before. Did the most magnificent mannequin in our backyard. They're all on display. Known artists, Broadway designers, dungaree designers, they're there. Mm-hmm. First Cunningham's retired dancers gonna do one in, in Brooklyn, we delivered it. The lady that does our Zoom lessons, mm-hmm. she brought us five artists. These people are all coming forward. They're all locked in their studios, in their apartments. Mm-hmm we're going to unlock their efforts through mannequins. Yeah. It's an expression. Yeah. All of the museums are doing the same thing. Pace Gallery is running as a result of what's, do, what's doing in the, in, 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 the, in the artist's eyes. It's the thing. We're writing history today. We've never gone through this. Mm-hmm. And this is a result, I hope, to our mannequins to do some good in this world. It's pretty amazing. You're, you're bringing them back from the dead, helping a ton of people in so many different ways. And I can't wait to promote this and hopefully bring some artists and, and other people to volunteer their time for, for this amazing gala. You live in Baltimore, which is my daughter-in-law's family comes from Baltimore. It's a great town. Mm-hmm. Great 
we've shown in their children's museum. They did a beautiful children. It was a castle at that time. And they dressed it up the time of Halloween, right this season. And they did our seeing nature to our specialized with Trudy scavenger hunt. We gave out booklets. We did some good. We understand a couple of their artists now are booming. That's our intention. We can light you up. Just come forward and we'll help you. Incredible. And Trudy Regan. That's amazing. Mr. Regan, thank you so much for your time. This was an amazing conversation and um, I, I can't wait to promote this. And, and You're going to be invited to the gala as soon as we get, get this virus behind us and we'll have a great time. We'll meet in person. I really appreciate that, Mr. Regan. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Alright guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode and make sure to share this with your friends. If you haven't done it yet, give us a follow on Spotify and Instagram at aspire underscore inquire to take on this journey with us. That being said, stay tuned to next Thursday because you will not be disappointed. Peace.